each of the markets I, I mentioned have very different landscapes that you have to work through. And I think it just makes you a better, a better leader, a better company when you can work through those sort of challenges and, and build off those experiences to, to, to be better and to, to learn from those experiences and, and replicate the success across the different expansion strategies that you're focusing on. From ShareWorks by Morgan Stanley, this is Thriving Globally with Equity, a podcast following companies as they break into global markets. I'm Mercy Lee Bell, and on today's episode, we talk to Rob Kircho, Senior Director of Finance at Touch Bistro. Four years ago, Rob joined Touch Bistro, now one of Canada's most successful tech companies. In his four years at the Toronto-based restaurant point-of-sale platform, He's seen how growth and success transformed its employee equity plan from a low-key nice-to-have into a keystone comp benefit. But we're getting ahead of the story. Rob's journey doesn't start in tech. In fact, the first few years of his resume read like a model CPA career path. He studied accounting at Ryerson University in Toronto. After graduation, he worked for PwC, one of the big four accounting firms. Rob worked across the auditors, energy, utility, mining, and manufacturing clients. He'd embed with the business and analyze its finances, searching for inefficiencies, inaccuracies, and areas for improvement. His work at PwC exposed him to dozens of established companies in different industries and life cycle stages. The tech sector in particular caught his attention. So I was thinking about how how do I leverage my experience at the firm getting exposure to various different industries? To basically to specialize on, on what I want to focus on and, and what industry do I want to, to sort of build my career on. And through the firm, I had a wealth of experience in different industries, including mining, entertainment, so big public companies, as well as eventually switching over to the private sector and ultimately the startup and tech space. And from there, I sort of fell in love with, with that industry. I mean, at the time, the Toronto tech community was, was growing, and it, certainly before we've boomed now in Toronto. But it was a really exciting industry to, to the plane and it still is by many means. It's, it's grown quite significantly over the past four years. What attracted me to tech really was the ability for companies of really any size to come in and really disrupt the space. But Rob couldn't drop straight into a startup. All of his experience at that point had been in audit and assurance. He knew how to analyze enterprise accounting systems for efficiency and examine financial records for compliance. But day-to-day business accounting was something he'd never actually done. He took a year-long break to work for a tile manufacturer near Toronto. There, he gained hands-on experience in small business accounting. He managed all the company's financial reporting and tracked its budgets. He forecast its sales and monitored its cash flow. By the end of 2016, he was ready for his next challenge. By chance, Rob saw a job ad from Touch Bistro. They were looking for a financial controller someone to oversee their entire accounting function. He fired off his resume. Soon after, he had his first job in tech. So through my role, I've been able to really basically transform the finance function, building out a formal financial reporting function, building out a formal FP&A function. And then a little bit of an orthodox twist is building a data and operations function, which I, I hold close to my chest, given that you really get the sort of single source of truth the ability to, to work closely with the board and shareholder analysts on producing you know, key insights and trends and sort of speak to understanding the business and the strategy of the business. 
When Rob arrived at Touch Bistro, he inherited the stereotypical startup finance team. It was small, scrappy, and underfunded. It had just two employees, neither of whom were accountants, and its systems were cobbled together using whatever software was free or cheap. Its equity plan lived in Excel. Rob got to work right away, transforming his finance department. He recruited employees, bought new technology, and designed robust, scalable systems. Today, he oversees a team of 10. And that old equity plan spreadsheet is a thing of the past. That sort of growth and development is consistent across Touch Bistro. Since Rob joined, the startup has raised nearly $250 million. Its headcount has increased fivefold to nearly 500. And it's acquired 25,000 customers in more than 100 countries. But that growth has also brought new challenges. One is, obviously, you want to understand your, your total addressable market. So the consumer behavior in, for instance, may differ than in, in Canada. So the first, first step is sort of sizing your market, understanding you know, the why of why you're doing what you're doing to sort of expand into these markets. Once you have an idea of the why and how this could benefit by expanding, I think you start thinking about, okay, what go-to market strategies make the most sense? So Alex referred to local partnerships. I think a lot of sort of consumers benefit of having domestic presence. This is not sort of a a one-size-fits-all. There are other markets that may not care as much. So it's really feeling out what your consumers, how they're behaving, what they look to, what they confide in, what they trust in, converting your product to be Spanish-oriented and having the same success in in, in the English language in in Canada and U.S. marketed to a Spanish-speaking country. So that's one of the main things, I would say, the partnerships for sure. The other one is definitely tax and compliance. Things can be faster or slower depending on what markets you you get into. We experience, obviously, some delays in in the expansion strategies just because it does take quite a while to open up a domestic bank account as a foreign company. The last of those challenges was non-negotiable. Touch Bistro could expand a new market without understanding the local consumer behavior. But they couldn't ignore the local tax regime or legal regulations and hope to stay open. With customers in 100 different countries, it was an enormous challenge. Each new territory introduced new operational regulations for Rob to contend with. Not only that, but each new tax regime had different requirements to track and tax equity grants. Rob couldn't handle it on his own, so he looked for help. We've seen success leveraging third parties in both the accounting, tax, and legal function there. So that's something we've definitely worked with. We've built partnerships with with firms in, in each of those regions, with lawyers in each of those regions, with partners in each of those regions. And the insight you get of someone domestic is incredible. Kind of like using the analogy of, you know, you, you take a trip to, to Europe, you may do a bunch of research on, you know, where, let's use Italy as an example, where in Italy is good to eat. But when you go there and you meet up with your, your local friend who lives there, you start finding restaurants that, that you didn't know existed that are incredible. So by way of an analogy, I think it's helpful having the expert who's, who's domestic to be able to really build out a plan. Some companies don't have that ability to start with that. We we're fortunate enough to do our research to be able to leverage some of our network within the North American sector to, to say, hey, what are some key contexts that you've used or what are some success stories and building off that to, to kick off our strategy? But not all challenges could be fixed by outsourcing. Some functions, like sales, needed boots on the ground. And that meant physical expansion. Touch Bistro started in Toronto, 
one of Canada's tech hotspots. But it's expanded aggressively throughout North America. They have offices in Vancouver, New York, Chicago, and Mexico City. Most recently, they ventured across the Atlantic, opening a site in London. Unlike other software startups that expand to tap into technical talent pools, Touch Bistro's strategy was guided by its customers. We did a lot of research to say, hey, where where are the hubs for either key independent restaurants? Our our target market is independent restaurants, food trucks, and bars. So we don't go after the the big franchises or, or food chains currently. So a lot of our research and market research and product market research was around which cities do we think would have the biggest impact in, in expanding to? And that's why we chose, you know, the Chicago's, the New York's, New York being one of our, our head off, one of our uh, U.S. offices. I mean, you, you can't, Rome wasn't built in a day. You, you can't go and attack the entire market. I think you have to start with sort of the key areas and then, you know, work off that. So California was something new to us. Vancouver, we branched out in Toronto because of our headquartered presence. I think it, it sort of goes without saying in each of those experiences, again, it's about iterating and learning from what worked, what didn't work. I think that's critical to any success, no different than getting feedback from your customers. Rob says Touch Bistro's growth has caused some strange consequences, including nurturing competition within Touch Bistro. I mean, I think Toronto has become the new hub. I, I know the Canadian folks are, are happy to say that Americans see the bit of, of competition. Our founder was sort of, you know, he had... South American was his birth nation, but he lived, lives in Canada and lived in Toronto and, and had another company before Touch Bistro and subsequently sold it. And I think starting in Toronto in a, in a region where tech was booming and still is booming has really become sort of a second hub that's fostered innovation and fostered growth in tech. So yeah, we're not in the Valley or out of Toronto, but I don't think that really impacted our ability to get visibility. You think of globalization, you think of you know, the VCs and investment community. I don't think they're just specific to the Valley anymore. You've seen a lot of U.S. investors come north of the border and, and look at growing Toronto tech companies. A lot of our investors, yeah, some are Canadian, some are American, and some are international. And I think that speaks to sort of the, the world sort of growth in, in globalization, visibility, and, and growth in the tech sector. I mean, the tech sector has been, been booming and we've, we've definitely benefited from, from that approach. As Touch Bistro expanded across North America and then the world, Rob says he's noticed a shift in how its employees think about equity. Early on in a startup's journey, it's difficult for employees to see stock as anything other than a number on paper, spreadsheets, or digital certificates. But as Touch Bistro grew, its employees' perceptions changed. Suddenly, Their shares represented a piece of a sustainable company rather than a plucky startup. Interest in Touch Bistro's equity plans spiked, and employees began peppering Rob and his team with questions. For a finance guy like Rob, it was music to his ears. This was his world, and he was passionate about it. If people wanted to learn, he was ready to teach them. I led a ton of sort of lunch and learns and presentations, and I tried to keep it in small groups so that it was very focused. Sometimes when you have a presentation in front of a couple hundred staff, it's sort of not the right avenue to probably send the right message. So I try to keep focus groups, which meant I repeated myself probably a hundred times. So it was good, good uh, presentation practice for me, but we were able to get out information. As a finance person, you're always here to help and you, you definitely want to help push the business forward. But 
at times it could be overwhelming when you're getting, you know, hundreds of emails asking very similar questions. You think, hey, there's an issue here. We need, we need to definitely proceed with something much more visible across the organization. Rob's lunch and learns and email Q&As were effective, but they weren't scalable. So he looked for an alternative. He took the most frequently asked questions he'd heard during his equity lunch and learns and built out an educational front page on ShareWorks. Then he made as much data as possible transparent and accessible to employees. With interest rising and ShareWorks better optimized for self-serve education, it was like pouring gas on the fire. Interest and engagement kept getting more intense. I think it's important having an equity plan where you can be transparent to, to say, hey, if we had to model out what could happen, here's what that you know, additional compensation. And that's what really gets people excited. It, again, it's, it's, it's everybody wins. There's no one winner. Everybody wins in that, in that instance. So it's really driven engagement for sure. It's driven hard work when you're, when you're working late hours. Sometimes when I contrast that to, to the firm, you're on a fixed salary as an accountant in finance. So if I put in 20 hours or 10 hours, it doesn't really change much. Whereas when you're in industry and you're working for a company, with or without stock options, you have that ability to, to say, here, I'm pushing the business forward. And stock options are a great way to align sort of you know personal behavior, intent, and work effort to the greater goal of making the company successful. You've been listening to Rob Kirchow, Senior Director of Finance at Touch Bistro. Rob said one of the reasons he joined Touch Bistro was the opportunity for disruption. While larger companies were fighting with red tape, he knew an agile startup could enter a market, innovate quickly, challenge the status quo, and make a positive difference. Touch Bistro's track record suggests he was right. They came into a market dominated by established POS providers and offered something different. By developing a product for the iPhone generation, Touch Bistro went from zero to 25,000 customers in just 10 years. That success turned Touch Bistro from an anonymous startup into a well-known brand. While competition for talent is still high, Touch Bistro's success gives it an edge. People want to work there. Its employees want to stay. They're proud to be part of the company and they understand the value of owning a slice of the pie. Thanks for joining us. To learn more, check out share.work/podcast. You'll find other episodes of Thriving Globally with Equity along with deep dive articles on each story. Thriving Globally with Equity is a production from ShareWorks by Morgan Stanley, writing by David Ballins from Campfire Labs, narrated by me, Mercy Lee Bell, additional production and editing by Studio Pod Media. This publication is for informational purposes only. The authors are neither employees of nor affiliated with Morgan Stanley Smith Barney LLC, Morgan Stanley. Morgan Stanley is not implying an affiliation, sponsorship, endorsement, approval, investigation, verification, or monitoring of any information contained in the publication. In no event shall Morgan Stanley be responsible for the information contained on any third-party website or your use of or inability to use such site. You should also be aware of the terms and conditions of the third-party website and the site's privacy policy. The opinions expressed by the authors are solely their own and do not necessarily reflect those of Morgan Stanley. The information and data in the article or publication may be deemed reliable. However, their accuracy and completeness is not guaranteed by Morgan Stanley. 
And providing you with this information is not to be considered a solicitation on our part with respect to the purchase or sale of any securities, investments, strategies, or products that may be mentioned. In addition, the information and data used in the publication or article are as of the date of the article when it was written and are subject to change without notice. Shareworks by Morgan Stanley Services are provided by Morgan Stanley Smith Barney LLC, member SIPC and its affiliates, all wholly owned subsidiaries of Morgan Stanley. CRC number 3410921, January 2021.